0: For Arizona Public Media, I'm Mark McLemore, and this is Arizona Spotlight. Coming up. Visit a gathering that used the U.S.-Mexico border as a place to bring people together. What are the secrets to a long-lasting marriage? Meet Jim and Noni Saunders, who are celebrating their 80th anniversary. Get some summer reading recommendations in A Book I Love, and tour the changes that have occurred in the Southside neighborhood with a woman who grew up there. Those stories are next on Arizona Spotlight. One night in April, a stretch of border fence was the site for a concert and fiesta of truly international proportions. Nancy Montoya was there to talk to people on both sides about what they think of the political division that runs between them. Detecting and interdicting terrorists and their weapons will always be a focused priority.
1: Before a recent congressional hearing, Ron Vitello, the head of the U.S. Border Patrol, laid out what he sees at the border.
0: Cross-border trafficking of guns, currency, human smuggling and drugs pose a continuous threat to border security and public safety.
1: But Border Patrol is not the only set of eyes on the frontera. In the border towns of Douglas on the Arizona side, and Agua Prieta on the Sonora side, a different vision is being nurtured. It's called Music Without Borders, and for one night this spring, the fence came down. Not physically, but musically.
2: The hope is that we can come together as two countries uh, with music, surrounded by music and creativity
1: and art. Seth Polly is one of the local musicians on the U.S. side. Now picture this, right at the border fence, two stages, almost touching but one is on the south side with Mexican musicians, and one is on the north side with U.S. musicians. The Mexican side would play a song. Then the American side. Tell
3: me, people.
2: We are not enemies, these two countries are not enemies, we are friends and music reminds us of that tonight.
3: Oh brother, brother,
1: brother, too many Through the slats in the iron fence dividing the border, we found Laura Rios, one of the organizers on the Agua Prieta side.
4: What we want more than anything is not to have any limits. We want to show that with music and art, there are no borders. And so
1: the night sky was filled with music and goodwill. Wait
0: in the water, wait in
1: It flowed effortlessly over and through the 20-foot high steel curtain separating the two communities. It was electric. No, really, literally electric. They had to run a power cable from an office building in Mexico, (laughs) through a hole in the fence over to the desert area on the U.S. side to power the stage. and there were activities like playing chess. There were two players facing each other, but there was also a fence between them. The chess board was on the Mexican side, and through the fence, the American player stretched his arm through to move the pieces. When Seth Polly came across the binational players, his eyes filled with tears.
2: This is a, a moment of uh, unity and uh, gathering together to tear down walls, not to build them up.
1: And through the fence on the Mexican side, several school desks were lined up. Children no more than six or seven years old sat there diligently with their boxes of crayons, creating their mini masterpieces. When she finished, six-year-old Dulce ran over to the fence and tried to get someone's attention. Ruth Quinn from Bisbee spotted the little girl.
5: Well, I was just looking at the fence, and this adorable little girl in pink signaled to me to come over, so I did, and she handed me this picture that she had colored, and she wrote her name on it. If I can get it right, I think it's Dulce Angelica Ruiz Munoz. She handed it to me, and we said hello, and we chit-chatted, and she spoke in Spanish, and I spoke in English, so I'm not sure if we connected linguistically, but we certainly connected otherwise. And that's what
1: this evening was all about, connecting
5: what is it about
1: music Seth that is the great equalizer I think it's a common language I think we
2: respond as human beings to beauty uh, whatever our culture whatever our background and so tonight will be a night of beauty and of celebration of
1: talent there were more than a thousand people gathered on both sides of this border to make a statement of unity While unity was the main topic, there was also the topic of the ever-present U.S. presidential campaign. I'll tell you what my students at Bisbee High say,
2: and they are, I teach history there, and they are afraid that if elected, Donald Trump will make them leave this country. And my response to them is, are you U.S. citizens? And their response to me is, yes, we are. And I say, well, then no president can do that.
1: Remember that little girl who handed Ruth Quinn a drawing through the slats in the fence? For Quinn, it was a moment frozen in time.
5: Well, this this fence itself, it I, it's just feels like a scar to me across this border, but it's uh, there's people on both sides and she's just a, a living, breathing person who just wants to to meet somebody on the other side and, and show her, you know, her just love for humanity. So, I mean, it just, it warmed my heart, brought tears to my eyes. At least for this evening,
1: the fence didn't matter. For Arizona Spotlight, I'm Nancy Montoya.
0: Statistics about marriage in the U.S. reveal that between 40 and 50 percent of them end in divorce after an average span of less than eight years. Those numbers could lead some newlyweds to look for advice on how to beat the odds. Next, Vanessa Barchfield introduces us to a happy couple in Oral Valley that has some expertise in that area.
6: I am Noni Saunders. I am 97 years old. And this is my husband, uh, Jim. Uh, I'm, I'm Jim Saunders. And uh, we are celebrating our 80th anniversary.
7: We met on a blind date. Uh, my boyfriend had fixed it up with his girlfriend to get this girl for dear old Jim. And uh, so we did, and I was impressed. Uh, she was a good-looking chick, and, uh, and she was a good dancer, too. But at that time, uh, I danced with a lot of girls. So I heard her tell somebody that, I, that I'd leave her standing and go dance with the rest of the girls. And I didn't do that. Uh, maybe maybe a little bit. <laughs> He's a good dancer. The first, what you might call a real job I got was with United Parcel delivering packages.
6: Uh, he was making $20 a week.
7: And uh, I delivered a package to a dental laboratory, and uh, then his office girl caught me at the elevator. Just comes, boss wanted to see me, so I said, well maybe I gave him the wrong package or something. So I uh, went back and saw him, and he said, we just lost our delivery man. Would you be interested in being our delivery man? And uh, I said, well, the only thing is, my vacation is coming up this next week, and I'm getting married. He says, well, we'll hold the job for you. Oh, and the thing was that you, if I for them, I got an opportunity to learn the business. I said, well, and I said, well, that's better than, I'm not gonna learn anything delivering packages, so that sounds good to me. So to make a long story short, after uh, four years later, I went and opened my own business. We were married uh, in 1936 on Mother's Day, and uh, I've been mothering her ever since. (laughs) That's his story.
6: (laughs) Our first son was born um, a year after we were married. married. And
7: uh, we were married in May, and he was born in
6: May. Mm -hmm. Not the same year. Yeah, the and then we, and then we had, uh, as time went on, and why uh, we finally decided hey, it would be nice to have another child, and we seven years later, our second son, a Marshall, was born. It took us See seven the years uh, to recover from the
7: first one. What was that? I, I said it took us seven years to recover from the first one. <laughs>
5: I think it's
6: interesting that he never wanted me to work. He wanted to, uh, as the boys were growing up, oh, for me to go to work or learn something, he really never wanted me to. But I was always trying. Uh, In those days, uh, when we rented our first house, we could get a refrigerator,
7: full of food. And so we bought the refrigerator for 5 bucks and got a and got a thing full of food uh, along with a meter that cried for a quarter was it every day or every other day something. Anyway, whenever it is shut off, it didn't put the quarters in. And
1: did you ever forget about it?
7: I don't think we
6: ever did. Well, we would run out of the quarters once in a while. <laughs> <laughs>
5: So do you have any advice for young couples that are maybe struggling or that are just starting off?
6: Well, I think just stay together and uh, play play together, love together, do whatever you can together. And then when something comes up that you need your independence to, go ahead and do it. It's, it makes you a person. And I think that's important too.
7: I think I would say, just listen. Just listen a lot more than you talk. And you get along better.
2: And I think, so you mentioned two martinis a night. Is there,
1: (laughs) is that your key to success? Oh, uh,
6: well, we enjoy having our cocktail hour together. That's a time that you just, okay, honey, uh, I'll, I'll have a martini be sure and put an olive in. And, you know, we just sit and enjoy that time.
7: She's kind of graduated, though. She she likes her champagne better than she does the martinis. So.
6: Oh, I change. I change. I don't <laughs> Just a little something to spark. Give me a spark, that's all.
5: And do you guys think of each other more as a unit or as individuals?
6: I think of us more as a unit. That's right, that's right. I just feel that I feel good that way, knowing I have the support and the love and the care of someone else that I
7: love, I care, and both. So it's worked out for us anyway.
8: Do you have a song that you guys like to <laughs> dance to, or
4: your couple song? <laughs> yeah.
7: I forgot. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know we yeah. ought to do what is it? Do 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 do
0: That story was produced by Vanessa Barchfield. You can see photos of the Saunders on the Arizona Spotlight webpage or check out AZPM on Facebook. A good book can offer many things to a reader, and each year in March, readers from all over the world gather at the Tucson Festival of Books to celebrate just that. I was there to ask people to tell me about the books they love.
8: Hi, uh, my name is Monica Stoll. I go to the U of A. I'm studying material science engineering, um, but I love to read. I read constantly. Um, A series of books that I love is called The Dresden Files by Jim Butcher. He's planning on writing 23 books, so far there are 15 out, and so far they're all amazing. It's an exciting adventure series about a detective wizard. It it sounds kind of cheesy, but it gets to be kind of really intense and very exciting. There are all kinds of different twists and turns, and it's a lot of fun.
0: My name is uh, Shazad Amjad, and I serve as the president of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, the Phoenix chapter. For me personally, the the Holy Quran, which is the religious text of the religion of Islam, has really been the greatest influence on my life. It tells the reader that it's a book for all times. So regardless of which century the book was revealed in and where we find ourselves today, the Quran encompasses some universal truths Our technology uh, will change around us, and the world will change, but human nature in itself still remains the same, and that's what makes the Qur'an so relevant today.
5: Hi, my name is Karen Pietzmeier. I'm from Sierra Vista, Arizona. I've lived in Arizona uh, over 30 years, and I'm in a group called the Walkabout Book Club, and we've been uh, together about 20-plus years, and my favorite book is Going Back to Bisbee. When I first came to Arizona, I saw this book, and I'm only 26 miles from Bisbee. I picked it up. It's a book by Richard Shelton, and his description of the deserts, the flora, the fauna, and the animals just brought everything to light to me. And uh, we've read that book in uh, our book club, and everybody loved it. And he's a local author. He writes about many other things, but this book is my favorite book.
4: Hello, my name is Kazi Baker. I'm a student at the University of Arizona. I'm currently a freshman studying to be a civil engineering major. And uh, today I'm just here to talk about a book that I really love. Uh, Aldous Huxley's novel Brave New World, in my opinion, is one of the greatest books of all time. It's a book that takes a serious look at um, how government works and it also does take a look at religion, which I think is really cool. It presents a dystopian society in a way that I rarely see in other books, in that the government controls people, not by oppressing them, but rather giving them what they want in quantities to the point where they remain docile. There are societies outside of the government, which are referred to as the quote-unquote savage societies. And they basically just exist in, in squalor, in, in poverty. And one of these savages, someone attempts to indoctrinate him into the current society, uh, which is present in Brave New World. Um, by the end of the book, the savage realizes that he would rather have his freedom and his basic human instincts than to be um, under the influence of the government. My name is Andrew Stragey. I just graduated from the University of California at Los Angeles, and I'm going into the Air Force as a personnel officer. The book that I really enjoy and I think everyone should read is Guns, Germs, and Seal by Jared Diamond. I actually majored in international development, and that book prompted me to go into that major um, because I thought it was really interesting. A lot of people take for granted that European civilization was the best and took over, and that's just how it was. But I thought that looking at it from a different perspective, from geography, um, I just thought it was a really interesting insight and perspective in a kind of different way to, to look at how we are today and how we got there.
0: You can find many more recommendations for your summer reading. Just search A Book I Love at azpm.org. Next on d the landscape of childhood and how our neighborhoods sometimes seem to grow up without us. This story is from a postcard we received online. Okay,
3: so can you take her through town and country real quick? What's up with
8: that? This is Selena Hosp. She's taking me on a ride through her childhood neighborhood. We pass tucked away trailer parks and dusty lots that make it feel like we're in a rural place, not right off a major highway.
3: So we're going to go to Town & Country, the infamous Town & Country. Why is it infamous? I don't know, because we're talking about it. Oh, why is it infamous? Because crazy people came out of there. I came out of there. Think about it. I'm just kidding, I'm not that bad.
8: (laughs) Since getting out of prison last November, Selena now lives with her boyfriend less than a mile away from where she grew up. It's a trailer park called Desert Willows, but it used to be called...
3: The Fantastic Mobile Home Park. And just recently, like two months ago... Like two months ago, they changed it. Wouldn't that be awesome if you rolled up and it said the fantastic mobile home part?
8: There's an area where Benson Highway and Valencia intersect that's shaped like a wedge. It's a neighborhood Selena calls the Deep South Side, or Little Town. It's a place with a lot of memories for her. What's it like to return to a place that feels familiar, but has changed a whole lot? Selena starts her postcard about her neighborhood like this. I grew up in Tucson, Arizona, in a single wide trailer settled on the third street of a small park called Town and Country Estates, which Which was located located right right on Benson 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 Highway Highway, in in between between Alvernon and and Belvedere. Belvedere.
3: This particular part of town is home to the Stravenue, which as you can see by the name is a cross between a street and an avenue. I come from a neighborhood that doesn't play by the rules and isn't too familiar with the term logic. I mean, really, Benson Highway is the Bermuda Triangle because it's like you start in a direction, like if you're coming off the freeway, you go down Benson Highway, and it starts to curve. And then you get to Irvington, and it stops completely. And then it starts again on the other side of Irvington, you know, and it goes to park. And it's like, what's going on here, you know? The Avenue, I just, I mean, there probably are some in other places uh, in Tucson, but I've never seen them. I've only seen them in this neighborhood. In the last five years, we've seen a lot of changes. The deserts surrounding my trailer park have all but disappeared, and although the once rural area hasn't been so rural for almost 10 years, it seems there's been an even bigger boom in housing developments in the past five years. Despite the increase in population, the streets are eerily quiet at night. Kids used to travel in packs down the dark streets, skateboarding and riding 20-inch BMX bikes. The things that should have changed with the growing population, like safer roads, bigger schools, longer and more frequent bus schedules, have stayed the same. Look, it's like this. Like, there's there's a certain draw about a bunch of kids, like, doing whatever the hell they want, you know? Like, I my neighborhood was just a bunch of kids doing whatever the hell they wanted. We come from single-parent homes. When our parents tried to give us something more like a home, you know, our our trailer, well, I grew up in a trailer, but it was brand new when my mother got it. And I mean, we're not talking about a little fifth wheel, you know, or some house that somebody lived in ten times before. My mother tried to give us a home, you know, and I'd kick holes in the wall and stuff, you know what I mean? Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. I mean, my sister would fight. She'd be like, my walls! You know, it was, it was crazy, but there was no supervision whatsoever because my mom was at work. We were, like, into breakdancing, like, I learned a lot of that. We used to hang out in Little Town uh, Rec Center. There were a lot of gangs. We were in gangs, and, you know, we would, we would drink and do drugs and smoke pot and clown each other and, you know, just have boyfriends and girlfriends. And, you know, I didn't really do much. I didn't like school. I longed for the days when Benson Highway was packed side by side with pay by the week motels that lit up the streets at night with their neon signs advertising vacancies as far as the eye could see. Let's see, this is that going City I was telling you about right here. That it was a Circle K. Yeah, this. Is this easy. Quick Mart was never there. That Dollar General was never there. This is all in the last, uh, yeah, I'd say the last five, ten years. So this is like new. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you, do you think they're gonna build more? Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause look at all this desert there's still left like see that's desert view high school over residential there. communities consisted of numerous trailer parks that housed unique abodes such as fifth wheels rvs single double triple wide trailers and meth labs i made that last part up but if they existed it was around here i do i have three kids um yeah i have a, a eight-year-old her name is sophia and she's really cute, she's smart, she wears glasses, and uh, she's into dinosaurs, and she's real quiet, but she likes to adventure. We have this little tree in the backyard of my mom's. It's the time travel tree, and we go under it, and then we're in a different time, and we just use our imagination. It's fun. They stay with my sister, they live with my sister. I um, I have had an uh, ongoing issue with uh, drug addiction. I've. Been uh, battling heroin addiction since I was 15 and um, I'm clean now Um, I've been clean for several weeks if I can be honest Um, it's really hard it's really really hard and I I grew up in a place that kind of um, not necessarily uh, what's the word Um, encouraged it but it wasn't discouraged you know Five years ago, my neighborhood seemed forgotten. Now there are so many cookie-cutter houses and empty streets. I wonder if anyone actually lives in any of these houses. I know that these changes are a sign of the times. Neighborhoods grow. I wish mine would stay the same.
8: Many thanks to Selena Hasp for sharing her story. For DiMeLo, I'm Sophia Polisaker.
0: DiMeLo is a community-driven storytelling project Add your voice. Go to dmeloestories.org to be part of the project. Or find one of the special mailboxes at the West Congress El Rio Community Health Center, the Mission Branch of the Tucson Public Library, and Shays Lounge on 4th Avenue. Demelo will debut a new mailbox and play part in the Analog Hour at Exo Coffee and Tap and Bottle at 6th Street and 6th Avenue this Sunday, May 15th from 1 to 3 p.m d is part of a national initiative called Finding America, presented in collaboration with AIR, the Association for Independence in Radio, supported in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Thank you for listening to Arizona Spotlight. You can also find our podcasts on iTunes. This show originates from the AZPM Radio Studios. The music is by Calexico. The production engineer is Jim Blackwood, with assistance from Isaac Rodriguez. Our executive producer is Peter Michaels. I'm producer and host Mark McLemore.